I heard barking and I opened my eyes. It was Christmas morning and I just knew, I knew something special was about to happen. I had asked my parents for a puppy ever since I was six. And now, years later, finally, I was going to get one. I rushed downstairs and followed the sounds of the pitter-patter of tiny paws against our hardwood floor. And when I finally rounded the corner to our living room, I saw him. He was the cutest little fluff ball in the world. He was white as a cloud, and his eyes were like a doll's. And as soon as he saw me, I knew I was head over heels in love with him. He clumsily ran towards me and jumped into my arms. And in that one moment, I was the happiest girl in the world. And as if she couldn't stand the thought of me being happy for one second, my mother appeared out of nowhere and snatched the puppy from my arms. What do you think you're doing? I, I'm just saying hello. I, I mean... Thanks for getting him for me. I know I've been asking and asking for ages, but now that he's here... <laughs> what? Thanks for what, you stupid girl? Marbles isn't yours. He's mine. Come on, sweetheart. I'm sure you can both share the dog. You'll be living in the same house after all. Nonsense. Marbles is mine and mine alone. You bought him for me. So he's mine. Leave parenting my own daughter to me. You're not her dad. All right. All right. Chill. Jeez. I want no part of this drama. I'll be in the shed if you need me. Mom took marbles, gave him an overly dramatic kiss on the forehead, and disappeared into the garden. She made sure I could hear how much fun they were having. I checked the Christmas tree, and just as I suspected, no presents for me there. Justin at least left me 50 bucks in my Christmas stocking. Kinda says a lot that my own biological mother made no effort, and my stepdad actually thought about me enough to give me something. Hi everyone, my name's Zola. Do you have a unique title idea? Comment it down below and like the ones you think are interesting. You never know, your story may be the next one we post. Alright, now back to the story. I felt bad about Justin. He's... what? mom's third husband now? I've lost count. All I know is that after each divorce, mom finds an even younger guy than the one before. I predicted Justin would last half a year, but he's been living with us for three years now, and honestly, I'm impressed that he has that much patience left in him. Mom's cruel, mean, and only cares about herself. She only marries guys so she could spend their money. I don't even understand how she convinces these guys to do whatever she wanted. She's not particularly pretty, and she's not exactly that young anymore. But somehow, she manages to lure in handsome, loaded guys. Honestly, if I didn't hate her so much, I'd wish I had half of whatever magic she has. One day, Justin was feeling particularly bad for me because Mom cut off my allowance and didn't allow me to join a science camp that all my friends were going to. So he offered to pay for it, and he even drove me over there. But the moment I got out of the car, a station wagon came rushing towards us. I froze. I thought that was it. I thought that was the day I died. But the car didn't crash into me. 
The car slid right next to the spot Justin parked, and before it could even come to a complete halt, the car door of the station wagon flung open and out stepped my mother, the fury in her eyes almost strong enough to summon a storm. What in hell do you think you're doing? Justin and I looked at each other, both unsure who she was talking to, but deathly afraid of Mom's wrath. We mumbled our responses, and that just drove Mom even more mad. Who told you that you can take this... this leech to this place? I... I'm... I'm sorry, Margot. I just thought, well, she's probably lonely being by herself all the time at home. You're always at the dog park with your puppy, and I'm always on business trips. I thought it would be nice for her to spend the summer with her friends. And I already said no to her when she asked. Do you have any idea how much this place costs? I do, because I paid for it. You stupid boy. Get back in the car and drive home right now. I'll go talk to the admissions office and I'll get that money back. Ridiculous. Absolutely stupidly ridiculous. Wasting all that money for a dumb summer camp. She can spend her summer making the house clean. She'll learn a life skill or two. Justin drove home with me and my bag in the front seat. The whole trip was silent. I could tell he was fuming. It was as if he'd finally snapped and woke up to the reality that my mother was just using him. As soon as we got home, he helped me with my bag and he took me aside. He took my hand and put a thousand bucks in it. Don't tell your mom I gave you this. Hide it from her and use it well. But why? I mean... Thanks, but why? Where are you going? I'm done, kid. I've had enough. All she does is spend my money on herself and that dog. And she acts as if she's done anything to earn whatever she gets. I can't be around her anymore. Sorry to leave you in the lurch. My advice? Do whatever you can to get out of this hellhole. Take me with you. I wish I could, kid. But how would that look? She's your mother. I'm some guy you're not related to. I don't want the cops banging down my door. And that was it. He was gone. He drove off, and all I was left with was the empty house and the fear of what Mom's reaction would be when she found out her sugar daddy had left her. Mom burst through the door about an hour later, fully intent on giving her husband a good talking to. But when she called for him, nobody answered. Justin! Hey, you! Where's your stepdad? I don't know. He left. What do you mean he left? He's gone. He said he was done. Ugh, good. I was wondering when he'd leave. Thank God, finally. That was definitely not the reaction I was expecting. Last time her previous husband left us, she stormed through the house in fury and began knocking on doors in our whole neighborhood, accusing every single lady of having an affair with him and hiding him from her. Turned out, the guy flew all the way to Korea just to escape her. But this time, this time she was pretty chill about it. Mom was on Tinder in minutes and already on another date by that evening. Two days later, the guy was already sleeping over at the house. He was so young that you could almost mistake Mom for being his aunt. It was a bit awkward. This new guy was odd, though, and he was really creepy. He was obsessed with witchcraft and ghosts and energies. Every morning, I'd wake up to noises outside my bedroom window, only to find out that he was doing some weird yoga stuff on the roof. In a week, he had married Mom, and things began to change. 
Yuri was always talking about the energy in the house being weird and how he can't tolerate living there. So he told my mom they should move to some commune in the Lake District. And of course, mom agreed. Why wouldn't she? The guy was basically a millionaire. He was a total hippie weirdo, but mom didn't care. She only cared about spending the money he had. He had lots of it, because he doesn't believe in the concept of, well, money. He says he just keeps it because he inherited it, but he never spends it. The guy doesn't even have a car. That whole summer, I took Justin's advice. I used the thousand bucks he gave me to get my freedom. I learned about and started doing drop shipping, And with a lot of hard work and patience, I got good at it and my store was taking home a solid amount of profit. By the time Yuri had suggested that mom should move in with him, I already had a good amount of cash in the bank. Thing is, the commune only allocates space for a maximum of three living beings in one space. I got us a premium bungalow by the lake. You're gonna adore the view, sweetie, but, well, but what? They don't care how much you spend on the housing or how big the place is. Rule still applies. They care a lot about a household's carbon footprint. As they should, and as we all should. So? So you gotta choose, hun. The dog or your daughter? <laughs> the dog, obviously. I knew her answer even before the question was asked. But I gotta admit... It still hurt having her choose the dog over me, but joke's on her. I had already packed my bags, and I already called the Uber. The night before, my store racked up a lot of profit, and I immediately signed a lease to a nice apartment downtown. My name's Grace, and I'm facing a hard choice. Money or love. After all, my crush promised to marry me if I got rid of my millions. But before I continue my story, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. I grew up in a wealthy family. My parents tried to never deny me anything since I'm their only child. So I have no idea how to live without money. Money solves everything. If you want a vacation, buy yourself a trip to the islands. If you're seriously ill, buy yourself some expensive medicine. However, not everyone shares my opinion. Unfortunately, my crush Nasfi was one of those people. I fell in love with him a year ago, and he reciprocated. And even though Nasfi wasn't very nice to reach people, he was crazy about me. And he wasn't uncomfortable by my millions. At least, that's what I thought up to a certain point. Grace, you and I have been together for a year now, and I want to ask you to be my wife. Yes! I screamed before he could finish. Wait, I have one small condition. He took my hands. And what's that? I want you to give up your millions. What? I shrieked, and I swung my hand sharply in shock. I accidentally dropped a burning candle on the table, and the tablecloth, of course, burst into flames. And there was a fire in the restaurant. People ran out into the streets in panic, and I panicked and wondered what to do. To choose money and spend my life in luxury, or choose a lover and live my life in love, old clothes, and in a box on the street like a cat family. Uh-huh. Grace, Nasfi told me, money's evil. Money is opportunity and happiness. Without it, there's no life. You're wrong, and I'll prove it to you if you agree to be my wife. 
Either the disgusting smell of smoke had that effect on me, or it was just love that blew my head off. But I agreed to marry Nasfi and give up my favorite green bills. That smells so good and rustle in my hands. My parents were shocked when they learned of my decision, but they didn't mind because they liked Nasfi and they respected my every wish. I left the mansion with tears in my eyes and found myself in Nasfi's old one-room apartment. Is there only one bathroom? I asked in shock. Well, yes. Is that really a problem for you? Of course it's a problem for me. Do I have to wait for him to shower every morning? And leave my personal belongings in the same drawer as his? What a nightmare. But I told Nasfi I'd get used to it. I thought the bathroom would be the only inconvenience in my new life. But I was wrong. Can you believe I had to cook for myself? I also had to clean up while Nasfi was at work. Even though I was in college during the day, my husband thought a woman should keep the house in order. I wasn't used to that. I used to have a maid do everything for me. And why should I do anything around the house all by myself? So I wanted to tell Nasfi I wasn't happy. But he came from work with a big bouquet of white roses, and he hugged me, and he told me I'd make a wonderful wife. His words made me melt, but the very next day, I was snow white again, because I couldn't figure out the washing machine. First of all, I couldn't get it to work the first time. Second of all, I put too much detergent in, and the whole bathroom was full of bubbles. Third, I threw a red stock into the white laundry. I think you can see by now that... It was a disaster. I freaked out. I sat down on the floor in the foam and cried out of helplessness. I hate this life. Without money, it sucked. Grace, what's wrong? When Nasfi came home from work and saw me, he ran right over and gave me a hug. I can't live like this anymore. I can't do anything. All my white clothes have turned pink. You'll learn everything, honey. The guy stroked my hand and I pushed him away from me. I'm not going to learn. I don't want to be your servant. If I'm going to live my whole life under these conditions, I choose money over marriage to you. I see. You're just like everyone else. Nasfi said grudgingly. I'm disappointed in you. I don't give a damn. The main thing is, I'll never stand at the stove again. I'll never do your laundry again. But as soon as I got back to the mansion, to my parents, and they shocked me with terrible news, my father had gone bankrupt. His company was in serious trouble. Not only were we left without millions, but our family was also heavily in debt. We sold the mansion, a collection of cars, and my mother and I's jewelry. It was enough to buy a small apartment on the outskirts of town, which was no better than Nasfi's apartment. In the end, I had to do what I did when I lived with Nasfi. Only, I had to teach it to my mother, but she wasn't a very good student. Dinner kept burning, and the iron burned through our clothes. My dad wasn't happy, and he and my mother fought all the time. All I had to do was cry quietly because I'd lost everything. Money and love. So one night, I decided to write to Nasfi and apologize to him for my behavior. But he didn't answer my messages. And then I saw a picture of him with another girl on social media. What the hell is that? I squeezed my phone so hard that my hand cramped. My anger was so intense. I thought I was going to burn the apartment down. But instead, I tried to find out who this girl was. I looked at her social networking page and realized she was an angel from a simple family 
She's a charity worker, studying to be a doctor. A real Nasfi ideal. Not like me. Honestly, at first, I wanted to just let it go. But I couldn't, because the anger was tearing me apart. Nasfi was so quick to find a replacement for me, so he didn't love me that much. With that thought, I went to his house. And when the guy opened the door, I slapped him right in the face. Grace, are you crazy? He touched his cheek. How could you, Nasfi? I thought you loved me. But as soon as I left, you found a replacement. You left me on your own. You chose money. So what? That doesn't mean I stopped loving you. Actually, I regretted my decision right away when I realized that money really wasn't the most important thing in life. I didn't want to tell him that my family was poor, that I wanted to move out of my parents' house so I wouldn't have to be their personal maid. Really? Nasfi was surprised, and he smiled. Well, of course. I made a pretty face, and Nasfi hugged me tight. This was the picture his new girlfriend saw. She slapped him in the face for the second time that day. I wanted to jump on her with my fists, but Nasfi stopped me and told me he'd be happy to marry me. Then why'd you start seeing someone else? I don't know. Probably to piss you off, Grace. You're such a jerk! <laughs> I laughed, and I patted his hair. I moved away from my parents again. Mom even burst into tears, because now all the housework was her responsibility. Nasfi and I started a new life. He even started helping me with my chores, even though he was tired after work. I guess I was happy, although to be honest, only my millions could really make me happy. But one day, I saw Nasfi talking to this girl he used to date. He handed her something, and then he hugged her. I didn't understand the situation. I ran up to the couple and pushed the girl into a puddle, and then I slapped Nasfi in the face. The guy somehow calmed me down, and then he helped the girl up. But I put her right back where she belonged, angry that my young man was trying to help her. Grace, you got it all wrong, said Nasfi. He explained that he'd given the girl her things that she'd left in his apartment. And he hugged her, because his ex-girlfriend was having a hard time with the breakup. I almost calmed down, but then my mom came over. As luck would have it, she was walking by with a bag full of groceries. Grace, my daughter! Mom threw the bags on the ground, and then she hugged me. Please come home, I'm so tired. Did something happen? Nasfi asked. Didn't Grace tell you? Our family's broke. We're not rich anymore. I have to do everything myself. Grace used to help me, but she moved back in with you so she wouldn't have to live in the same apartment with us anymore. Nasfi was shocked when he heard that. I could see the disappointment on his face because he knew I'd lied to him. So you didn't give up the money. You just ran away from your parents. No, not exactly. Nasfi, I love you. I shouted desperately. I don't want to know anything else. He laughed and his ex pushed me into a puddle in anger. Honestly, I didn't even want to get up, because I'd lost someone I loved, who will not take me. I helped my mother carry the bags to the apartment. There was a happy father waiting for us. He told me that his business was going well. All his millions were back, and now we could buy a new mansion and live in luxury again. But I couldn't be happy, because for the first time, I realized that money wasn't my first priority anymore. Without Nasfi, it didn't make me happy at all. Even a holiday on the islands didn't take my mind off my grief. I tried to call and write to the guy, but he blocked me everywhere. That's how he caught me out of his life. 
I didn't know anything about Nasri for six months. Until a mutual friend told me he was in the hospital. My ex was riding his bike to school, and he got hit by a car. Nasfi was pretty badly injured. I rushed to the hospital right away, but they wouldn't let me in the room because I wasn't related to the guy. But we met anyway, when, after a while, Nasfi came out of the room with difficulty. Nasfi, hello! I shouted, and I waved my hand. He was shocked to see me, but he smiled anyway. We sat down in the hall, and I started an uncontrollable flow of speech. I apologized to the guy, then I told him I was miserable without him. Then I cried and admitted that he was right about the money. And I'm sorry, Grace. I was too hard on you. I didn't think it would be hard for you to change your life like that. Nasfi took my hand, and I cried again. But this time, I was happy. Our relationship was getting better. My father bought us a nice apartment with two bathrooms, and I tried not to ask my parents for money anymore because I wanted to do everything with Nasfi. He was happy that we got back together again, because all these six months, he couldn't get me out of his mind and heart. That's how I realized that money solves a lot of things, but not everything. The most important thing to have is a loving and caring person by your side. Would you give up millions for love? Write your answers in the comments. Hello, my name is Pepper, and I have not had any emotions since I was born. Probably many people would like to be in my place so as not to worry about their problems, but trust me, it's very difficult to live like this. When I was just born, no one could even think that something was wrong with me. Like all babies, I just cried and slept and asked for food. But only a year later, my parents began to notice that I was really different from other kids. For example, the daughter of my mother's friend was already smiling at my age when she saw her parents or her favorite toy and cried a lot when she was left alone. My reaction to everything was neutral, and I only whimpered when I was in pain or wanted to eat. And the older I got, the more worried my parents got. They did not understand what was going on with me. When I was four years old, there occurred an incident that really puzzled them. As usual, I was running around the yard and playing when suddenly a neighbor's dog rushed towards me. It just broke off the leash and started barking loudly, trying to bite me. When the dog was taken away, I did not start crying or at least even screaming. I just took my doll and began to comb its hair as if nothing had happened. My parents thought that I was just in a state of shock because of the extreme stress and immediately took me to the doctor. After long examinations, I was diagnosed with a terrible condition called alexithymia. When my mother began to cry, I did not understand what was happening to her. It turns out that with this disease, my emotions cannot overcome a block in the cerebral cortex. That's why I also cannot recognize other people's emotions. This can be compared to colorblindness, with which a person cannot distinguish colors at all. But in my case, these were not colors, but inner sensations. So I was growing up in an emotional vacuum. Various events were happening around me, but I remained as cold-blooded as a robot. When I went into the first grade, my beloved grandmother passed away, and even then I could not feel anything. It was sometimes very difficult for my parents to educate me and teach me something. At first glance, I might seem aloof and even feeble-minded, but in fact, my brain was not distracted by emotions, so I perceived any information faster than others. Also, my illness blocked fear as well. I could not feel anything negative, therefore I had nothing to be afraid of. For example, unlike other people, I went to the dentist without any hesitation. But because of this disease, my body is too sensitive to pain. 
Since the time when I was born, I had a very low pain tolerance, and even stomach cramps or a small bruise became a terrible endurance test for me. Once, I had a horrible headache when I was at school. An ordinary person could easily cope with such an ailment, but for me, this became a real nightmare. Because of the unbearable pain, I wasn't able to speak for some time and was about to faint. No one noticed that I felt really bad because I still looked calm. While remaining conscious with great difficulty, I began to hum and pinch my hand to make myself cry. It took several more minutes before the teacher realized that I wasn't feeling well. Apart from pain, there was another problem, that is, communication with peers. Since the first grade, I had no friends at all. Some of the kids were just bored to play with a cold-hearted girl, and many of them were even afraid of me. You know, it's very difficult to interact with a person when they have a soulless mask instead of a face. A distant look in my eye and complete indifference pushed all the people away from me. I would like to say that it made me upset, but I cannot. Although subconsciously, I felt attachment towards the closest people, but I could not express this in any way. However, the older I got, the easier it was for me to communicate with others. Yes, I still did not show any emotions, but I could act interested with whoever it was possible to discuss various topics. Also, thanks to my cold mind, I was able to solve many teenage problems. When for some reason people lost their friends or loved ones, they often said that they envied me and dreamed of getting rid of all of their emotions so that they would never feel mental pain again. I did not understand their wish because it's very difficult to live without emotions. I cannot be happy or feel sympathy for anyone, and because of this, I have no friends. But I really wanted to share my secrets with someone as well, spend time together, and go to the movies. For many people, I was just an excellent advisor, but not a friend. But at some point, everything changed. After classes, I attended extracurricular Spanish lessons where I got acquainted with a new girl. Her name was Liz, and soon we started spending more time together. I felt comfortable when communicating with her because she would not ask about my illness like others did. Liz even taught me to smile realistically. You can't imagine how difficult it was to do this, but as a result, I could take a selfie with a charming smile. We also had a common hobby. We both loved to color in children's coloring books, and of course, we did not tell anyone about it. And one day, Liz noticed that I only used dark markers. I had to admit that these were the colors in which I saw the world around me. After several months had passed since we met, Liz invited me to her birthday party, and I presented her cool headphones that she had dreamed of for a long time. Liz burst into tears and said that she had never had such a close friend. Even after hearing such warm words, I did not react to them in any way because I could not. She noticed this and tried to cheer me up. At home, for the rest of the evening, I tried to understand myself because my heart was beating faster than usual and my stomach was cramping because of tension. I've read that this is how the body responds to anger. Apparently, today's situation with Liz's confession and my indifferent reaction to her words evoked something like an emotion. My body was shaking and, for some reason, my health seriously deteriorated. For several days, I had not left the house, fearing that I would have that strange attack again. However, Liz soon persuaded me to take a short walk in our favorite park. There were always few people around, which we really liked. 
Liz suddenly stopped for a moment and then fell to the ground unconscious. My heart was beating fast and my body got tense, but I felt neither fear nor panic. I touched her hair and it was very hot. This was heat stroke. I dragged my friend into the shade, wetted her head with water from a bottle, and ran for help since I forgot my phone at home and Liz's phone was dead. I rushed to a young couple, asking for help, but this looked like a stupid prank because there were no emotions on my face. I spoke in a calm and steady manner without any panic and tears, but the guy and the girl just laughed at me and began to look around searching for a hidden camera or any viewers. I couldn't even shout at them angrily, which made me powerless. Then I literally began to pull them towards Liz, but everything was in vain. Having run around half the park, I realized that I could not find help. After returning to my friend, I found that she was still unconscious. Suddenly, I felt dizzy. Everything went dark, and there appeared a painful lump in my throat. I felt worse every minute. I got down on my knees next to her, and tears were flowing down my cheeks, but my mind was still cold. Fortunately, a woman who was passing by noticed us and immediately called an ambulance. Doctors arrived quickly and took both of us to the hospital. I was immediately sent to a specialist who had been monitoring my condition since childhood. He was shocked by what he saw during an examination. The reaction of my body was caused by such a strong surge of emotions that they overcame the block. Everything that I experienced in the park, being next to Liz, was just a tiny part of what an ordinary person can feel. However, for me, it turned out to be a very serious blow. The doctor said that I should undergo treatment in order to better understand what was going on with me. Later, my parents came to the hospital. The doctor started telling them about a complex surgery that hypothetically could relieve the symptoms of alexithymia. But then I would get a severe emotional shock, and it is highly probable that it could lead to death. Of course, they were against it, although this outcome did not frighten me at all. The doctor also suggested a therapy with which the block could be slightly weakened, but the process itself was going to be incredibly difficult for me. The principle of the treatment was simple. It was supposed to evoke such strong feelings in me due to which emotions would gradually overcome the block in the cerebral cortex. All this was supposed to be accompanied by severe weakness and headaches. I realized that it would be hard and even painful, but agreed anyway. Every few days, doctors tried to evoke a variety of emotions in me, from incredible joy to terrible sadness, and this began to bear fruit. When my parents or Liz came to my ward, I felt a bit better, although I could not express this. As a result, after several months of treatment, I developed something like a mood, but this still cannot be called emotions. Now I am having a break between therapies, so I returned home. Liz advised me to start a blog for alexithymia patients and show by my own example that it is possible to fight such a disease. My friendship with her is even stronger now. She often comes to visit me with new coloring books, and I notice that I smile unintentionally when I see her, which gives me hope that soon I will become a normal person. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by...
I was whimpering as I traced the blood splattered down the hallway that led to the storage room. Ugh, this looks even worse than my last exam results. Taking a deep breath, I regained my composure and slowly pushed the door open. Big blood stains appeared along with many footprints on the floor. They led to an old cupboard in the corner of the room. I slowly opened it and it was a mannequin covered in ketchup. Mm -hmm. Sheesh, I had been pranked again. Hi, I'm Lisa, 17 years old. To pursue my dream of becoming a journalist, I had worked day and night to write articles for the school's forum site. Unexpectedly, it became the very reason why I was ridiculed by everyone and called gun dog. Even Hara, my half-sister, would say something like, Lisa is stupid and freaky. It's a disgrace for a genius like me to have such an older sister. But little did they know, being looked down on only motivated me to become stronger. Once when I was walking on the street, Nina, the school bully, suddenly called me. Gun dog, the toilet just clogged. So, report on it, duh, because it smells like your articles. <laughs> that evil witch. I had tried to ignore her for so many times, but she never stopped pushing my buttons. Once, during a PE basketball session, when I was aiming at the basket, Mina suddenly dropped a banana peel on the floor, causing me to slip and fall hard on my butt. Wow! Breaking news! Lisa had a legendary collaboration with Mr. Banana Peel for a comedy show! Unable to contain my anger, I threw the ball straight at Mina, but unfortunately, it hit Jimmy, my classmate. <laughs> Missed, you idiot! She gloated and left, while I quickly ran to help Jimmy up. Are you okay? I'm so sorry! It's okay, but I didn't know. Not only are you good at reporting, but you're also good at throwing. After saying that, he fainted. Oh damn, looks like my throw was really strong. But it was also the first time someone praised my ability, so I was deeply moved. After that ironic accident, we talked more and became much closer. Also, during that time, our school had a lot of mysterious happenings. On the first Friday of June, someone had mixed up the chemical solutions in the school lab and made them explode. Not only that, on the following Friday, the exam room was set on fire in the middle of the night. Fortunately, the police came to put it out in time, but half of the exam papers had turned to ashes. Immediately, I wrote a post on the school forum about this Dark Friday pattern, but nobody seemed to take what I said seriously. Fine, I'll catch them red-handed on my own. The Devil of Friday. The third Friday had finally arrived, but I didn't know where the crime would start. When I was defeatedly waiting for Jimmy in the schoolyard, I heard his angry voice booming as he walked closer. Damn, I wish I had Thanos' hand. Just one snap of my fingers and the academic affairs office will be gone. Voila, no more exams. That's it! That's the place! Jimmy, you really are Dr. Watson to my Sherlock! I happily jumped up and hugged him tightly. Oops, it seemed like I overdid it. Both Jimmy and I were embarrassed and quickly let go of each other. Soon after, I made a plan to sneak into the academic affairs office. However, when I rushed down the stairs, I accidentally tripped and rolled several times to the ground. My leg was seriously injured due to that. Instead of serving justice and catching the devil of Friday, I had to stay home with my cast leg and listen to my mom scolding for hours. 
That night, I couldn't sleep a wink because I was worried that something horrible would happen at school. But oddly, there was none. Was my deduction wrong? However, the next day, my whole school was buzzing with shocking news about Andy, the school's second best student. He had cheated during an exam, and somehow it was recorded and uploaded on the school's forum. He was immediately disciplined. I didn't write an article about it because he already suffered the consequences of his wrongdoing. After that day, since there was no actual incident, I shifted my focus to studying for the exam and taking care of my leg. Hmm? Temporarily, I put aside the investigation of the Dark Friday's case. Then suddenly, an anonymous email came to me. Dear Gundog, if you're that good, come and catch me this Friday. OMG! I didn't know if it was the real culprit or if someone was pranking me. But anyway, I would never pass such a challenge. After sneaking into the school late at night, I hid in a safe corner near the academic affairs office and began to wait. At 10.5 p.m., I started to hear footsteps. A figure slowly appeared in front of the door. They brought a saw and started sawing the lock. I walked out and boldly flashed the light at them. Freeze! They panicked and turned towards me. I recognized that face immediately. Hara, what are you doing here? Lisa, please save me! I didn't understand what was going on, but at that <gasps> moment, I saw a security guard coming. I hurriedly dragged Hara to the emergency exit stairs, then we took a taxi home. All the way home, she just <laughs> cried and begged me not to tell her dad. It turned out that because she was always under the pressure of being the school top student, she had cheated during the exam just like Andy. Unfortunate for her, someone had also recorded her wrongdoing and blackmailed her into stealing the exam questions. Hara was too scared and didn't want to be exposed, so she agreed. Jesus, Hara, are you also the one who vandalized the school every Friday? It's not me! I just received their text two days ago! I understood that right away. It meant the recent events must have been the work of another blackmail victim. While we were talking, a message came in. The mission failed. You know, Andy, tomorrow morning your fate will be the same. I took Hara's phone to text back. After begging for a while, they finally agreed to give us one more chance to complete the task. Do you think we can handle this? Don't worry, leave it to me. I decided to pretend to be Hara because we have similar body types. I would definitely catch that sickening devil. The next evening, I went to the office again. I tried using the pin to unlock the door as instructed on the internet, and surprisingly, it worked. After I got the test questions papers, which were carefully wrapped in plastic, I tasted the devil of Friday. Good. Bring it to the girls' restroom near C block. When I arrived there, it was so dark that I had to use my phone flashlight to see the way. The restroom door opened and I carefully walked in. I'm Hara. Bam! The door suddenly closed. A light came from one of the toilets. Then, a figure holding a flashlight walked towards me. Oh my god! It was huh? Mina! Mina, what the hell are you doing here? Lisa? Where the hell is Hera? Doesn't matter. Give me the exam questions. No way! I'll report this to the principal. Suddenly, someone held me tightly from behind. It was her friend. I shouted in panic. Stop this, Mina! You've gone too far! Stop? Why should I? Look at those top students. They're all rotten. If they didn't cheat, I would never have been able to control them in the first place. Then she ordered me to burn the exam questions. Since I couldn't think of a way to escape, I had no other choice. Hesitantly, I tore the plastic and lit the fire. 
Hurry up, dimwit! The plastic in my hands started to burn. Then, I immediately threw the flame to plastic at Nina and turned to run away with the exam papers in my hands. Unfortunately, my clumsiness made me trip at the most critical moment again, and I was immediately caught. Mina snatched the lighter from my hand. Fine, if you don't want to burn them, I'll burn your hair! No! At that moment, BAM! The door suddenly collapsed and the security guard rushed in along with Hara and Jimmy. I was rescued in the nick of time. It turned out that Hera was so worried that she went to look for me. When she called me but I didn't answer, she informed the school security and Jimmy to help track my phone GPS. If it was just a little bit later, I don't know what would have happened. In the end, Mina was punished for her crimes. As for me, solving the mystery of the Dark Friday's case has pushed my reputation to a whole nother level. It will surely help with my journalist dream. Hera also confessed to cheating and was disciplined. She had to redo the exam, but she was finally free from guilt. Since then, my relationship with Hara and Jimmy has become much better than before. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by...